my friend, you have found the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, life coach and author. I started this show to share life lessons and hot mess moments along with a few shenanigans to let you know you're not alone in this roller coaster of life. Each week, you'll get a solo episode or an interview to help you improve your self-confidence, create healthy relationships, or become a better parent. If you love what you hear, hit subscribe and I'll automatically show up in your downloads each and every week. All right, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Susan Burrell, who is the author of Live Your Empowered Life, a 30-day journey book. And we're going to talk about this book throughout the podcast, but really it's a workbook. You get videos and a lot of really good information along with it. So I know you're going to love this. I can't wait to finish recording this intro. I'm going to jump in and order it for myself. I can't wait to go through it. It's all about empowering yourself, living your life. It sounds amazing, and I can't wait to check it out. She also has a really great podcast called Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. You can find that on any of the popular platforms, and I definitely recommend you check that out and start listening to the episodes that really sound like that's something that you're needing, something that you're looking forward to. Trust that, listen to it. She also has guided meditations that you can get through the Insight Timer app. You guys know that's my favorite app and I recommend that to everyone. So you can jump in, just search for her and you can listen to her guided meditations that really will help you empower your life. So Susan is also a feisty Scorpio. So am I. That's probably why I connected with her so well. And she's got the red hair to back it up. She's amazing. She's navigated her life by learning how to listen within to that divine urge that keeps pointing her in the direction of her life's purpose, even when she can't see the road. You guys, that is what life is all about. We never have that crystal ball that will tell us exactly where to go next. It's listening to that inner knowledge that points you in the direction and helps keep you on that right path. You know what it feels like when you find it. So she's also an intuitive healer and a spiritual guide, and she's got a master's degree in consciousness. I didn't even know that was a thing. And now I kind of want one for myself. She is a joy to listen to. She is so knowledgeable, so easy to talk to. And you're going to love this episode because a lot of the tools that she provides are doable. You can implement them right now today, and I really know you're going to find a ton of value in this conversation. So without any more, I want to jump right in and let you hear this for yourself. Welcome, Susan, to the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. I'm so excited that you are a guest today. You have so much value, so much wisdom in this amazing topic of empowerment, so I'm really excited to jump into this today. As we get started, will you just let the audience know a little bit about you? Oh, absolutely. Um, so this is always such a weird question, you know, tell us about yourself. Well, really, what do you want to know? I don't know. I'm an intuitive healer and a spiritual guide and a, a light leader. And um, so I work with a lot of my clients are in a transition period of their life at a crossroads. You know, they're generally uh, really amazing women that have forgotten the truth of who they are, meaning they've forgotten how to love themselves or how, if they, if they ever knew, or how to just be a strong person and speak their truth, you know? So, um, so that's kind of what I am because I had to go through all that stuff to learn. So I'm always better, uh, teaching and guiding something I've learned as opposed to something I haven't. I guess that might be true for everybody, Tonya. I don't know. 
Well, and that's what I was thinking as you were speaking. I was like, oh, I remember when I forgot who I was and was on this path of rediscovering. And I feel like a lot of times when we forget who we are, or maybe we never knew in the first place, it makes it really easy to not like ourselves, not love ourselves. We think we're bad and really we're just not being authentic. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the actual real truth is all human beings forget who they are. We're born with a sense of amnesia so that we can make choices and then grow and evolve from those choices. Right. And many of us, uh, choose to become more self-responsible out of making choices that may be great for us or that may be horrible for us. I was one of, I was on the horrible end, you know, but um, it makes us stronger and it helps us to evolve as uh, a soul um, on this planet by making choices and then feeling, experiencing the consequences. And one of the things that Um, I've learned the hard way when I was going through a really horrible divorce is how to love myself more than I ever have. Because when I was going through divorce, I realized I didn't love myself at all. I didn't know who I was. I didn't respect myself. A lot of that is because I had been gaslighted by my narcissistic husband. And I didn't know that for 28 years. You know, it wasn't until years after I got out of that relationship that I went, oh, look, I was... Oh, so um, not everybody's been gaslighted by a narcissist, but having forgotten the truth of who we are and in, in my belief system, we're all beautiful, amazing, unique, divine sparks of light. And when we begin to remember that, and sometimes we have to go through these really rough experiences to wake up, right? And go, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm really more than who I think I am. Um, When we begin to remember that, that's when true empowerment can anchor in, you know, that's where self-esteem can begin to grow again or, or grow for the very first time. Like in my case, I don't think in my entire life, I had a strong sense of self-esteem until I got out of that marriage. So, and I still wonky with it too. Yeah. I think that's really interesting that you bring that up because I have a similar experience. I mean, I'm sure our experiences were different, but same kind of transition. And I think a lot of the listeners do as well. And I think it's interesting because when we're in that toxic, dangerous relationship, we don't feel like we deserve to get out or we don't feel like we deserve better and how it is the process of getting out and getting back on our own feet, doing our thing that leads us to where we are today, which is fully self-love, you know, like loving yourself, showing up for yourself. And so I love that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There always is. There always is. But um, when you're in the middle of it, that's why I love the title of your show, Functioning Hot Mess. I wasn't, <laughs> I was a hot mess. I wasn't really functioning, but eventually I began to function and then I stopped being such a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. But my ringtone during my divorce was uh, Carrie Underwood's um, song, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. Ooh, so every God. time my lawyer called, I heard that, you know, it's, I'm really big on affirmations, but I'm working affirmations that you bring into your heart, not that you run in your head and you, you know, you kind of go, oh, well, 
but really anchoring it into the the heart system. So that was a, that was an affirmation for me. I'm going to get through this, even when I was you know crawling on my belly. It felt like through shards of glass, trying to you know just get through it. And there's this other thing. Uh, we don't know what we don't know, right? So until right. we're actually, at least in my experience, until I was actually tested, I really didn't know how strong and courageous I am and really have always been. I just, I'm not, I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, because I w- had been so um, mentally and emotionally suppressed and abused during 28 years. And, you know, and that's a long time to just be pushed down, you know? Yeah. And it's not like you can go through that and then, you know, all of a sudden you're out and everything is, is great. You know, it takes time to build that back up. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was going through it, I finally came to a point where I, I began to go, okay, I need to know what it is. I, now that I have a better understanding of me and who I want to be, who I am and who I want to be more of, let me put it that way. Because we are who we are. We just have to recognize it and accept it and love it. When I began to realize that, I came up with three words I focused on. I wanted to be free. I wanted to um, be happy. And I wanted to love myself. You know, so I just, that became my intention. I kept my attention on that intention of being free, of being happy and loving myself more than I ever had. And, um, when I came out, I was certainly a lot more of that. So in that process of getting out of that marriage, moving to where you are today, what were some of the tools and strategies that you put into place that helped you function through that hot mess moment, or even help you get to the other side of that? Um, well, I pulled out all my, all the tools in my, uh, teaching toolbox, my spiritual toolbox. I'm so some of the tools that I used was journaling just to get the, the muck out of my head of how, you know, and sometimes I just had to write letters I never sent of all the, because you know what, Tonya, I, I did not realize I, how angry I had become until I started hiving. I had an experience of hives. I'd never had a hive in my life. Didn't know what it was when it first showed up from my eyelids down to my ankles for an entire year. And my doctor, you know, regular doctors couldn't figure it out why I was hiving. And I kept saying it's emotional. No, you probably just changed your laundry detergent. So then I, I, then I started going to my healers, you know, my Reiki master, my uh, intuitive healers. And they're all like, you're, you're pissed off. And I'm like, this is rage. Wow. And my rage was so big. I would, if I saw my ex-husband, I would get so dizzy at one point I saw him walking through a parking lot. I was in my car getting ready to drive somewhere and I saw him walking through the parking lot. I was dizzy for 20 minutes. I couldn't drive. Wow. Because I was so enraged. So journaling helped me relieve, you know, that was like my pressure valve, just relieve some of that anger by writing about it. You know, I, I would talk to friends about it, but it's like, you know, your friends are like enough already, but journaling helped. And then I do a lot of guided meditations. Um, when I work with clients, I'm always intuitively led to do some sort of guided meditation that helps them drop in to their heart center, into their uh, greater awareness when they're stuck on an issue. 
And it often helps them see what the issue is or what the truth is and, and all that. So <laughs> there was one day I was in my kitchen going through all the, all the paperwork, all the paperwork, all my kitchen counters and my dining room table because it, it's just, it's a mess. So I'm going through this stuff and I go to walk across the room and all of a sudden I just feel this horrible sense of shame. Shame. And I'm not, I, I never thought of myself as a shame filled person. I don't really think I've done things so horribly wrong that I would feel shame. But what happened is I was like, all right, I, I, this is, I couldn't move. So I sit down in my meditation chair and I dropped into a meditation and I was guided. I saw myself in a box, right? Covered with this sticky, ooey, everything, the ceiling, the walls, the floor, this shame. And so with my intention and my breath, I cleared all that shame in the corners, everywhere. I just cleared it. And when I came out of that meditation, I felt 100% better. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff. I have a bunch of guided meditations that are uploaded on Insight Timer. It's an app if people want to check it out. But so I did that. Um, I, I exercised, I walked or hiked every day. Eventually I joined, um, I had a, a private exercise coach because I just had to move my body because when you're in a trauma point, at least for me, the last thing I want to do is get out of bed. Right. So I had to create things to do to get me out of bed, you know, and, and the other thing is I learned about emotional freedom technique. Are you familiar with that? I am. Tell the listeners a little about it, though, in case they're not familiar. So emotional freedom technique is a phenomenal tool to have. It's tapping. It's called tapping. And what you do is you tap on your meridian points because we all have this energy system of the, in acupuncture, Chinese medicine, they, they call it the chi and there's meridians that run through our bodies. And in truth, we are, every single one of us are electrical beings. And the water in our body is the conduit that, that helps that electrical electricity to, to navigate and move. So tapping is you, you, there's acupressure points on the top of the head and at the, around the eyes. And you tap on these points. I'm just doing it right now. As you're telling yourself the belief, the story that you think you have, you know, oh, I'm, I'm so ashamed. Why did I do that? Blah, 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 blah. And what happens is you, if you do it when you're in the emotion, really feeling that emotion, whatever it is, it will begin to neutralize the tapping within like less than five minutes. It will neutralize that emotion. So you can then see clearly, think clearly and, and make a better choice. So I was tapping, you know, I'm driving, I'm tapping and, you know, and talking to myself about all the horrible things and blah, 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 blah. Because the, because like I said, my rage had fully exploded. And so, and I knew I didn't want to be an embittered woman. I didn't want to be vengeful. Although boy, I had episodes, you know, oh, yeah. like sitting on the floor in my kitchen, just wanting to, you know, have the ability or the willingness to do something horrible. So here's the thing I want everybody to know too, after I just said that is um, because we are divine sparks, because we are souls here to learn and grow and evolve, 
our choices have consequences, right? Everybody who's lived long enough gets that when they make a choice, it's, it can be really great or it can be horrible. And because our choices have consequences, it is imperative to make choices that harm none. Because when you make a choice, when you make a choice uh, to hurt your ex-husband, you know, to whatever, send trash his name or whatever it is you feel like you, you have a, a right to do because you're so angry. When you do, when you hurt someone, it always rebounds back on you. That's, that's what karma does. That's, it's called the law of circulation. So as you give out, you receive back tenfold. So if you're spewing anger and viciousness and bitterness, you're just making yourself sick. Mm-hmm. So I, and, and being a spiritual practitioner of, of these universal laws for, for, oh my God, I think I, I almost 30 years. Um, I knew as much as I wanted to just wring his neck, right? If I did anything, it would hurt me more and hurt. And then it goes out exponentially, right? It, it, into your future. So then you've now created a, a, you've just made a choice that creates your future. And like I said earlier, I wanted to have freedom, happiness, and love myself. So anytime I wanted to really act out and do it, I knew that that was a choice point that would inhibit that freedom and happiness and self-love. So it's really important. I love what you just said about the choice, because I think that is huge in every aspect of our life. But, you know, you know, the phrase hurt people hurt people. So if you're hurt and your feelings are hurt, that's true. That's real. That's valid. Own that. But also make the choice to stop that cycle and not be that hurt person who hurts people. And I love that because it is a choice. It's always a choice. And and here's another thing, spiritual practice I've done, especially over the last year, I took uh, I took 2021 off from producing, biz, you know, all my workshops and I was going to do a retreat. I just stopped because I recognized that there was something in me, a belief systems that were anchored very deeply within me that I thought I had gotten rid of that were still popping up and stopping me in my life. So I took it off. My team was so great about keeping things going while I daily went into a deep, spiritual excavation. And during that time, uh, this is about choice and hurt people, hurt people. I recognized that some of the belief systems I had were not mine. Even Mm -hmm. they were generational. They were passed down ancestrally. And so the slow self-esteem thing that I thought was mine was never mine. It was passed down through the the feminine side, the maternal side, and through the masculine side. And so I spent a few days clearing all that because, again, the choice is when do you stop? Mm -hmm. When do you stop that behavior? And um, I recognized early on in my 40s, I guess, because I'm a ripe old age now, I recognized that a lot of the stuff that was being passed down, I, it was up to me to stop. I didn't want my son at the effect of family anger or low self-esteem or whatever. So that's what I did um, last year is I cleared my ancestral lineage. It's not hard to do. 
because I saw on the feminine side, you know, of course, going back many generations where the women were disallowed to be who they were. They were that they were the thing that ran the household or worked the farm or birthed the babies, but they had no value. And um, and that's cultural, that's generational. The time, uh, you know, that they, those women were living in. And so, what I did is, I just faced all of them and apologized for their abuse because it's abuse, mm-hmm. and it gets passed down. And then I just sent love all the way up that generational line, love from the center of my heart, just loving and forgiving them because they did the best they could. You know, you always, I remember when I was in, uh, the first time I was in therapy and my therapist says, well, you know, they did the best they could. I'm like, what that, you know, that's an excuse to me sometimes, but knowing really they did the best they could. And, and so, so that's another skill another tool to use because like you said, if there is a cycle of mental, emotional, or physical abuse, it has to stop somewhere. And conscious, when, when we become conscious, consciously aware that our actions have consequences, our choices can make a difference and that we can forgive and love more. When we recognize that, then we can stop the ongoing cycle of abuse. Mm-hmm. As daunting as it may seem, we can do it. Well, and I think it does seem daunting and it does seem like this huge responsibility, but what you just described sounds doable. It doesn't sound incredibly heavy and difficult and challenging. It sounds like some time, you know, clear the calendar, spend some time alone, but it doesn't sound hard which so much of what we, you know, every time we think about tackling a challenge like that, it seems hard. And that what you just described doesn't feel hard. Oh, I'm so glad it, you know, there was a box of Kleenex later, you know, um, (laughs) and journaling all the, the stuff that was showing up. But I, I am a firm believer that we can intentionally, intuitively heal our ills, heal our dis-ease. And uh, that was also what I was on the journey to do. I'm a type one insulin dependent diabetic for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And I just got to a place where I'm done this, you know, I'm done. And I'm going to see if I can heal this. And really, I think I can still. Um, A lot of stuff started showing up as I was going into that. And a lot of it was where did the belief I was trying to find eventually the actual root cause of the belief that I, I should die because mm. I almost died when I was first diagnosed. Uh, you know what the root belief of um, I'm not good enough because therefore I should die. Do you see, you know, and going, where was that first belief conceived in this lifetime for me? And it was interesting because I also, I'm, I am a, a redhead. I, at a very young age, began to hide in plain sight because I was so bullied and taunted as a very, very little child. I was, it was fine until I got to school, right? Where everybody doesn't like the person that looks different. The color mm-hmm. of your skin, the color of your hair, your sexual preference is different than theirs or whatever it is. 
people don't like the thing that is not similar to them because it makes them uncomfortable. So I started hiding in plain sight. And when I uncovered that, and here I am a podcaster, ex-actress, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, how come I'm not getting a gig? Well, it's because I was doing it to myself and it was, it was a belief system. I would be safer if I hide, right? Yes. I believe, imagine that a lot of people that have undergone abuse at an early age hide because it's safer. Keep your mouth shut, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very hard for me to do nowadays, but... (laughs) It is for me too. It must be the podcasting thing. (laughs) Well, I love that. And I love that so much of what you do is about empowerment. And I have noticed as I have been on this path of empowerment, sometimes that word itself is a little bit confusing. So how would you describe that? What does that, what comes up for you with that word? Well, I actually, um, I, I wrote a book, Live an Empowered Life. It's a, it's a workbook. So Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey. And I was hoping that people would do the stuff in the book consistently daily. Um, and part of it is, here's my book. I'll show everybody the book. Um, I, I began to, because I was seeking my own empowerment, I began to investigate the word empower. What does it mean to me? And, um, and so I kind of did that anagram. Is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. So I, I riffed on the word empower. And so for me, E is esteem, building your inner esteem. M is movement, get up and move your butt. Um, P is purpose, find your purpose. O is ownership, own Mm -hmm. yourself, right? Um, W is create a sense of wonder again, because many people that have been under the um, yoke of abuse have their innocence has been snubbed out a bit. So finding that sense of wonder in the world, and you can do that when you when you're out in nature. And then E, the last E was it was amazing when this word came up. In you know, I would go into meditation about these things, and the word was emancipation. Mm. Emancipation. That's a big word. It's a big, powerful trigger word, but in order to be empowered, you have got to emancipate yourself from what I was speaking about earlier, the belief systems of childhood that were downloaded into you from your family of origin or your culture, the generational abuse that's been passed down. You have got to emancipate yourself from that. And when I found, when I, when that word came up strongly in meditation for me, I literally felt that my ankles were shackled. It was actually at that moment in this meditation I was doing, I realized it was my ex-husband holding on to me still by the ankles any way he could, even though we'd been divorced for a while, you know, it's like, oh my God. So emancipation is, is really big. And then the last word R is realize, to realize your gifts, to realize the profound, amazing life that you've been given in realizing it, then you get to activate it more, you know, and realizing that you are a precious divine spark that you each and every human being is precious. And to really accept that for yourself, that's to me what empower and empowerment means. And it's an, it's an ongoing uh, process. 
Hey podcast fam, you guys know that I'm a big fan of yoga. I am loving it right now. My body is loving it. Everything about it is just yummy to me. I just love practicing yoga. I love everything from hot yoga, yin yoga, vinyasa flow, everything that I have tried with yoga, I have absolutely loved. And one of the things that was super important to me was getting a good yoga mat. So what I found was a mat made by a company named Reach, R-E-E-C-H. What I love about this company and this yoga mat is that when you start to sweat, you don't get slippery. The mat doesn't get slippery. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to stay put. In fact, their mat is called Namaste, S-T-A-Y, which helps keep you in place. So your grip is never going to slip for you. It provides the stability that you need to take your practice to the next level. In addition to that, it measures at 185 by 68 centimeters, so it's a little bit bigger and it gives you that little extra space to be able to stretch yourself a little bit further and be on the mat. The 4.5 millimeter thickness of the mat gives you the cushion that your joints need and the stability to hold your poses. Plus, it is made from natural tree rubber and a non-toxic antibacterial polyurethane, so it helps you stay put and it's 100% biodegradable. That was a big deal to me because they are committed to making products without leaving a mark on the planet and they're very proud to be carbon negative. So not only are their mats 100% biodegradable, but also their packaging. So they're dedicated to the restoration efforts of foresting across the globe. So every time you buy a mat from them, they plant 15 trees every single time a mat is sold. I love that. You guys, I am such a tree lover and a forest lover. Nature and being out in nature really fills my cup. I love everything about it. So knowing that I was supporting a company that had values and vision that aligned with mine was really, really important. So the cool thing is your order comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you slip or you don't love your mat for any reason, you just send it back. I have the mat in blue and I love it. It's like a dark blue. It's kind of like, I would call it a peacock blue, but it's absolutely beautiful. I just love it. So to get your mat, visit theheartofconfidence.com forward slash myreach, that's M-Y-R-E-E-C-H, and get your mat today. And I have a little incentive for you. If you enter the code HOTMESS10 when you check out, you'll also get a $10 discount. This one's a no-brainer. Jump in and go for it. Make sure if you do that you tag the Functioning Hot Mess podcast in your social media posts. I would love to see that you have the mat and that you're loving it as much as I do. All right, let's get back to this episode. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's it feels as if every time, and I don't mean this in a daunting way, it's actually... I love it. It's actually one of my favorite things, but it feels like every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, there's something else that is a past belief or something else I can kind of experience or experiment with and figure out where did this come from? Why do I think this? And can I let it go or does it serve me? And that in and of itself is empowering. It it absolutely is. It absolutely is, Tonya. And, And what I found, especially during this deep dive last year, when I was a teenager, I don't know why I did this stuff. I would make lists about myself, things I wanted to change. Now, look, look at how even at a young age, I wanted to subtract things from me instead of accept them. Mm-hmm. So last year, I, I began to recognize that those dark pockets that we all have, um, actually wrote about, uh, wrote a blog about it, that those dark pockets 
within us, within our consciousness, are there to remind us to love ourselves more. And they're not something to, there's something to excavate and bring to the light and look at. Sometimes that changes the darkness, right, within us. But it's also not necessary to cut them out, you know, surgically remove them, which I always, I had always thought, and part of my spiritual progress was trying to get rid of those dark pieces. And last year I recognized that it's all part of who I am. Even the dark shards that still are embedded in me are, are part of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, the important thing is to take out the, the pieces. Michael Singer talks about this, the, the thorn Michael Singer wrote uh, untethered soul. And, and he talks about when you get wounded, it becomes a thorn within you. And then you do everything to protect that thorn, right? So you build stuff, behaviors, things, beliefs around that thorn. And pretty soon you've forgotten that the thorn's there. And, uh, and in truth, all you need to do is just remove the thorn. So sometimes these dark pockets do need to be removed, but other times they, be, they can become in a sense, an ally for your, your spiritual growth and learning. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love this whole topic and I love the direction we're going. And when I listen to or look back at what you had talked about, how you kind of moved through all of this, it was simple practices, big, deep stuff, but things like journaling, meditation, exercise, the EFT, all of those in a way are easy to do. They're, the difficulty comes in sitting down and doing it and going through the emotion with it. But I love that because a lot of times I have people say that, you know, I need help. I'm in this hot mess moment and don't tell me to go do yoga. Don't tell me to go meditate. And I laugh because I think that is your magic pill. Like those simple steps really do make big impact, big change. And so is that some of what you have included in the workbook or do you have more than that? Like what, what could I expect if I took the journey through the workbook with you? It is, there's, um, so I mentioned earlier, I'm a big affirmation person. In fact, you can see behind me, I got, I got post-its, you know, big affirmation person. So the book takes you through a journey. There's inspiring quotes for you to, to journal about, you know, um, just to kind of seed the, the ground, right? But there's also affirmations that you'll, the quotes are also affirmations that I worked personally. So I know that they're powerful and work and they work. In fact, I made inspirational set of cards out of my affirmations. But then, then there's also journaling on what you believe the E word is esteem. Do you have esteem? When did you lose your esteem? How would you develop, you know, so, so that the individual, cause I'm really big on you got to do the work. I had a client come and say, Oh, I, I, I can't wait to read your book. I was like, Oh shit, but you're not <laughs> going to read the book. You're going to work the book. And I had another woman, a college friend bought the book, opened it up and went, Oh good God, I'm not doing this. I'm never doing this. Cause it was so for her, it was confronting. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, it, it's interactive with my website that has guided meditation specific for each of the words as well as uh, I go through tapping EFT, I tell, I share with the people on the video, here's how you tap. Now go back to the book and do tapping on these, these things you've uncovered. We also do, I show people how to do mind mapping 
Mind mapping is huge for me. My clients laugh at me every time they come and I, I start to draw circles on a piece of paper. They're like, oh, no, we're not doing it. I'm, yeah, we're doing it. Because mind mapping is a nonlinear process to get into the way your mind is thinking. So it's really good. I used it in the book to help the individual at a certain point begin to redevelop or reset their life purpose. By the time you get to the end of the book, you'll, you will have cleared a lot of garbage. You will have uncovered belief systems and hopefully created affirmations or listen to meditations that help you release those belief systems or bring those belief systems more up because that's, it's a good belief. But then you also have, you create your purpose so that you, when, when you're done at the end of this journey through this book, I wanted people to, to feel like they came away transformed as opposed to just reading a book and going, and while you're reading a, a, a transformational book, it, it feels good. But the minute you close it, put it down, it, it, you're onto something else. So this, hopefully that's what this does. That was my intention. Well, that's brilliant. And I love the mind mapping idea because I have done that so much with tasks, like, you know, getting ready to write a book. I sat down and did the mind map and set everything out where everything needed to go. And I've done that with my business in different ways. I even do that with clients for different areas of their life they want to improve, but I haven't done it in this way. So I'm really excited to try that because really I feel how like that could be such a huge benefit of getting to the heart of everything. Yeah. You know, it's interesting um, because you're at a pivot point, right? I find with clients, it's important to do it when they're at those pivot points. I have a client who has been miserable in her job for three years, comes to me every once in a while and says, I'm still miserable in my job. And I'm like, well, then what are you waiting for? You know, so we sit, we sit down and we do a mind map on, you know, cause she's looking for the same job somewhere else. Well, that's right. not, you know, it's the, the, what she's doing that's making her miserable. So, so, you know, it's that phrase, wherever you go, there you are to do mind mapping, to figure out what are the skills and that you have that you want to utilize more. Um, but also what are the things you don't want to have in your next job? That's important to, to kind of tease out too, so that when you begin to interview and look, those become your red flags. Okay. This is not the job for me. Or, or whatever. And some, and people get very stuck in the, um, in the survival mode. And I'm pointing it at my head, but, it, but in our mind, we think we can only do so much or we can only receive so much money or so much responsibility or so much accolades or, you know, and, and those are just belief systems. And we don't know until we push that, not envelope, but Frontier. So, so like when I, I, this is something I learned last year. Being, you know, having been gaslighted and not having esteem, a lot of what I, the reason why is because I didn't have boundaries. My boundaries were really weak. I did not know this. And so I started to develop boundaries, but they became very, no, you know, very hard, you know, brick wall boundaries. And during my, my own personal process, I realized that they needed to become uh, a little more fluid. And I was strong enough now to recognize if I let the boundary become fluid, I'm still safe, you know, and I'm still having a boundary. But what another definition for boundaries is frontier. 
So the front, so I, so now I'm focusing and I'm teaching my clients to focus on the frontier because boundaries are what's happening right here, you know, where you are, but it's because we grow, because we evolve, hopefully everybody's evolving. If you're not, you better pay attention. Um, because we're doing that, then it's important to recognize that there's a frontier, that there's an edge that's a little bit more beyond where our current boundary is. And we can move out into that. And that to me, uh, feels like potentiality, not possibility. Possibility mm-hmm. is where you can choose, right? Potentiality is you can expand. And for me, um, that feels more empowering to be in a place of expanding growth, expanding awareness, expanding my consciousness. You know, people talk about raising your vi- vibration. Well, I think it all, it, it, it's exponentially, you know, it's not just, up, right? It's multi-directional. It's all, all around. I love it. And I love the topic of boundaries because, and especially with them being fluid, I'm laughing because you basically just described my life in like, you put words to exactly what I went through as far as not having boundaries. Actually, I had boundaries, but in the relationship, I backed off. And so we we see times where we have backed off in the past and it hasn't been good for us. So now we're setting these rigid boundaries and we don't want to let that go because we have experience of it being bad. But part of that feeling of being empowered for me was choosing what boundaries to be fluid, what boundaries to stay, to yeah. be really rigid with. And once I learned that I got to decide that, that is where the power comes from. And it's all internal and it's not, you know, I, I get to decide and I love that motto. Yeah. We human beings come in coded for freedom of choice. It doesn't matter what country you're in. There is always freedom of choice. It's a, and it's, it's a gift. It's a freedom, right. That we're given innately. It's in our divine blueprint, if you will. And um, when individuals like you and I have been in relationships that suppress that freedom of choice, we, it's it's hard to remember that we are at choice. It, it really is. But and it takes it's like building a muscle again, right? It just takes practice to come back in. And oh yeah, I'm not stuck. I'm mm-hmm. not stuck. I'm not the victim. I don't have to choose to be the victim anymore. I can choose to be the empowered person. I can choose to stay. I can choose to leave whatever it is because that is our innate freedom that's been given to us. And a lot of people that don't believe they they have choice, a lot of people that can only live life at a level of survival, it is hard to see that you have freedom. It's very hard to see that. And I get it. I, I used to live in that mindset. And even though there are circumstances that show that you are in a place of impoverishment, the, the inner self, the inner uh, wisdom that we all have knows more, mm-hmm. right? And you can access your inner wisdom through your heart center by, by taking a few moments every day to just simply listen, listen to your heart not your head, but what your heart wants you to know and, and then live your life from that. So, you know, Abraham Maslow, 
half a century ago, created this pyramid of actualization, I guess. I can't remember what it's actually called. But at the bottom level is survival. And once we begin to master survival, we can move up this to a top layer of love, right? I can love myself because I can survive. I can pay my bills. My kids are safe or whatever. And now I can take time to love myself. But the pinnacle of that pyramid, and it actually goes up further, but at the top is self-actualization to actualize the divine beingness that you are and live from that place. And there's many, many, many wisdom books that have been written about individuals that have self-actualized and then, you know, and stayed on the planet and then been of service to humanity. So it's possible, right? Even if you're in that low, uh, in that level of survival to begin to envision yourself. Lots of people talk about this. Abraham Hicks talks about this. Envision yourself in a better place. And, and it takes, it takes daily consistent practice to do that daily consistent practice to heal your mind and upgrade your beliefs from one of being a victim to one of being empowered. And it does take daily practice. Mm -hmm. And I think with that daily practice, it's also recognizing that things will still happen. You will still have bad days. There will still be events but rather than looking at that as failure on your, you know, your journey to this self-actualization to just recognize it's just a step. It's just a hurdle. This is just part of life. And to continue those practices because they will move you past that more quickly. Yeah. I'm like, my head's a bobblehead yeah, I'm not <laughs> because that that's absolutely true. I, I would get to, I would get to a certain place in my spiritual growth and practice thinking, oh, okay, I've handled that that one, right? That, oh, I'm good now. Good to go. And then something would come up to remind me that it's an ongoing lesson. Life is a lesson. It's ongoing. And, and so sometimes it looks repetitive. Wait, I thought I, I thought I worked on that. I thought I was over that. I thought, but it's also to strengthen our inner sense of love. And, um, and I just taught a class I taught a class on a book called The Luminous Landscape of the Afterlife by Matthew McKay. In the book, it's a channeled book by his son who passed on. And in the book, they talk about the reason why we are on planet Earth, why we're here is to learn how to love beyond measure, to love anyway, to love in spite of, to love because of, not just to love a few, but to love all to love everyone, everything, even when it, we may find it's offensive. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that is the human condition really is how can I love more than I ever have? And that was the beginning of my personal journey to empowerment, loving myself more than I ever have. And now I'm in a space of how can I love what I'm seeing around me or the people I'm seeing that are perpetrating horrible things? How can I love them in spite of what I think about their actions? Mm -hmm. That is in your face kind of work. Right. Because you're constantly, you know, you can find challenges anywhere. That will be never ending. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what if, because I know that sometimes we're getting 
maybe we're in the middle of a hot mess moment or something's going on in our lives. And that next step of taking action is scary. Yeah, It is scary. And I think for us to pretend like it's not is a disservice because it's, it can be terrifying. What do you feel about fear and how it holds us back? And what are your thoughts on that? Um, as I've moved through my own personal fear, as I continue to do that, the thing I know that's true is fear has to be faced. Mm. Just like shame has to be spoken. Fear has to be faced. It, it, the only way you can diminish fear, it's not by running away from it and hiding. It's by turning and facing it. And most often in my life, when I turn to face the fear, it, it's really small. You know, it's like this little, small, little, I have a friend who says it's a gremlin just going, you know, and, and oftentimes the fear is, is showing up because there's something you're not listening to, or you're not addressing. It's the same with pain in the body. If you face the pain, if you embrace it, if you ask the question, what is it I need to know? What are you trying to tell me? It's the same thing with fear. What are you trying to tell me? And the fear may say, don't go down that alley. Or the fear may say, you know, I don't know, just, I'm just having a fit. And you can, and then you can give the fear a timeout, you know, go, go sit over there on the chair. I'll talk to you later when you're done having your conniption, right? But it has to be faced first. Otherwise, and we've seen this in the last three years, fear runs amok. And yes. fear makes people do horrible things to themselves and to others because they're not facing that fear within them and recognizing, okay, I'm just scared. Now, is this true? Byron Katie, her entire work is anchored on asking yourself if you're, ha- if you're afraid of something or having an emotional something, is it true? Because oftentimes it's not true. There's not a boogeyman in the closet, but we, we allow our fear to capture us and hold us hostage. Mm-hmm. And we see, it's, it's easy to see on the outside. And like what you mentioned, we have seen over the past several years, how other people have reacted and how they have lashed out on others. And, but some of the other stuff that we deal with is with fear is allowing poor treatment towards us directed yes, at yes. us. And so because we're afraid of pain, of loss, of whatever, we continue to allow things that aren't okay to happen. Well, and, and, and what I, uh, what I learned during this time of teaching this class on the afterlife that many people admitted that they weren't afraid of dying. They were afraid of living. Mm-hmm. They were afraid of living and they were afraid of living their life so fully and with so much enjoyment and fulfillment. And, and that was when, when that showed up for some people, I was actually very surprised because that really, to me, is the purpose of life is to live fully and, and to feel fulfilled and joyous and, you know, all those things as much as you can, as often Mm -hmm. as you can. And I think you get there on that end of life moment and having that conversation about being afraid of living. When you look back over your life, it shows up by doing the status quo. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows up by not taking that leap of faith, not saying yes to that opportunity. It's staying busy, staying focused, staying stuck because out there's scary. Yeah. And it keeps you small. It's not just 
people around you that are keeping you small, you are keeping yourself small. And we're not here to be small. Mm-hmm. We're very amazing, brilliant lights. And we're here, we're here to shine as brightly as we can for yeah. as long as we can. Mm-hmm. And I love your comment on fear with facing it and talking to it, because that has been a huge thing for me to actually ask my fear, okay, what do I need to know with this? And just having that conversation with myself. And because I had people before where, you know, we talk about fear and we talk about facing fear, but sometimes there's not a how. And this is a legitimate how to face your fear is to talk to it. And I just barely learned that this last year, and it has been incredibly life-changing for me. Well, don't you find, did you find that um, you don't have to carry the fear around now all the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't drive my life. It's still there, absolutely still there, but it's smaller, it's less significant, and it doesn't get the driver's seat. Yeah. So that alone is if that was all they take from this episode, that is a gem. That is amazing. Yeah. And it's very important in order to live a life of empowerment and, and all of that. It's just not fun sometimes, but it's important. All of those things that we've talked about, they don't necessarily come with fun, but the aftermath is, and that's what is so incredibly important, especially as we're talking about empowerment is This isn't just about giving yourself strength and self-love so that you have those things. It's because that's when life gets amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and part of it is facing your fear or uncovering your belief systems. When you do that, it clears the energy. You know, it's like you're, you're Marie Kondoing your consciousness, you know? And, and so you have more space then not less space, but more space. And that's part of the, um, expansion I was mentioning earlier into potential. So then you have, I don't know, it's just, it's just a better way to live. I don't know any other way to live. Actually. I, you know, when stuff shows up, I'm like, okay, here we go. All right. I'm going to sit down with this and, and see what it is and how I contribute and, you know, where I need to forgive myself or someone else, all that stuff. And I always end up better, feeling better, being better because I did that. Mm -hmm. Every one of those are small opportunities for growth. I love it. I love it. Well, Susan, before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like the listeners to know? Yeah, well, we covered a lot. Um, I think I just want everybody to know about my website because it is, there is a lot of interaction there. And it's Susan Burrell, B-U-R-R-E-L-L.com. You can find my book there. The, there are videos on the website when you do the book, uh, that you're asked to go back and forth with because I don't want people to, I like doing things with other people. I don't like doing things by myself. So it's almost like you get to access me while you're working the book. But also then you can access my um, meditations on Insight Timer through the website. And I also have my own podcast called Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. And you can uh, go and listen to episodes there. Plus, there's all sorts of other stuff, blogs. And yeah, I just, I've been kind of a busy bee in the last several years. So So get on there and binge that content, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. 
Well, thank you so much for being a guest on this show. I feel like this is an incredible conversation and I know the listeners are going to really have a lot, a lot of self-reflection moments after this. That, that would be awesome. Thank you for having me, Tonya. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. So thank you so much. There is seriously something special about that conversation that I feel excited. I feel lifted up. I feel empowered. And I really hope that you do too. I hope you can feel what I feel because it was so fun and so encouraging, light at the end of the tunnel, hopeful. And I feel like there are really great tools and action steps, not only in this episode itself, but also that are waiting for us in her book. So I definitely recommend that you check that out and immerse yourself in that for those 30 days that you're working on that in that workbook. So again, I'm going to have all the links in the show notes, but for now you can visit her website, www.susanburrell.com and find all the goodies that she has there. She's got a wealth of information right out there at your fingertips. And then when you want to reach out, connect with her on Instagram under live your empowered life. You can find her on Facebook under the Susan Burrell page. There's not a the in front of it, just Susan Burrell page. And that's S-U-S-A-N-B-U-R-R-E-L-L. So make sure you find her and then please do me a favor. Please jump in and rate this episode Wherever you're listening to it, please write us a review. Let us know what you loved about it. This is great information. I know you're going to love it. And please help us spread this message. So share the love by sharing the episode. And with that, I will be in your downloads next week. 